All right, well, we'll go ahead and start our meditation. So if you just want to close your eyes, then just bring your body into a place of quiet and openness and vulnerability. And just make yourself vulnerable to the spirit as it comes more present. And one way to do that is just to begin to focus into your breathing. Just be aware of your breath as it moves in and out. And as you focus on your breathing, just be aware of the breath of life, that life force that is in the breath. That as you breathe in and out this life breath, you're nurturing and feeding the body with this life energy. And just relax into the breath. And as you take in the next breath, breathe in the pure white light. Then let that white light move throughout your body. And as you breathe out, breathe out any and all things that are not in harmony with this light. Just let that go on the breath. Then breathe in that pure, loving light. And let that loving light once again move throughout your body, bringing health and balance, wholeness, centeredness into every part of your being. And just breathe out all the judgments, the fears, concerns. Just let them go on the breath. And once again, breathe in that pure white light and let it move in and around you, seeing the white light surround you as well. And just breathe out any negativity, any imbalances, any disturbances. Just breathe them out. And one more time, breathe in that white light and let it move in and around you. Once again, bringing balance and wholeness into every part of your consciousness. And just breathe out that white light, letting the white light go out of your body as well. Father, Mother, God, just now we call ourselves forward into your loving light. And in this light of loving, we just ask to be lifted up into our own divine presence and into the Christ, the Holy Spirit. In this lifting action, we just ask to be lifted up into your grace, into your compassion and loving. And that your loving spirits surround and fill us in such a way to awaken us and to enlighten us into the loving that we are. And that from this place of loving within our own soul, that we live more each day from this place of loving. Bringing this loving into our daily consciousness. And allowing this loving to move into every part of our being and expression and that we become a living, loving expression into the world and that we open to receive the loving that is in the world and that is available to us from on high in spirit. We just ask for your assistance in opening to receive and to give in this loving, flowing action. We also ask just now that the Christ within us come forward and to begin to manifest into every part of our consciousness more each day with each breath 
with each action into the world, we just invite the Christ in. We ask that the Christ begin to be that which lives in us and through us, and that all the things that are not in harmony or an expression with this Christed being just flow away from us now, and that we begin to choose more and more into the Christ that we are. We ask as well that your grace go before us, assisting us in this walk, that we walk in this path of grace with ease and understanding, and that any and all negativity and balances of karma that can be lifted just now be lifted up and dispersed back into the nothingness from which it came for the highest good of all concerned. And for all this we do give thanks. Just now visualize yourself in a field. It's an open field. And the sky above you is very large. You can see every part of it. There's nothing that obscures your vision of the sky. And you're aware of the sky and its color, the clouds there. you're aware of the field that you're in. Just become very aware, very present in this field with this large sky above you. And now as you watch, the sun begins to set And as it does, the sky begins to grow dark. As it does, you know you're safe in this beautiful open field. And so you just relax into the setting of the sun and darkness setting in. You might find yourself sitting down or lying down in this open field to just look up into the sky above you. And as you do, you begin to watch and see the stars begin to come out one by one until the sky is filled with stars. Just continue watching the sky and the stars coming present. Take note of their color and their brilliance. And as you're looking up at the sky, you take note of one star that seems to draw your attention more than the others. 
Just continue looking at the star now, giving more of your attention to this one star. Take note of its color, of its brilliance. may not be the brightest star in the sky, but for whatever reason, something draws your attention to it. And as you focus your awareness on the star, the star seems to acknowledge you and its light seems to radiate down toward you, inviting you to come up to it. Its light radiates down to invite you up and you just find yourself relaxing into the flow of light and begin to move up the beams of light from the star and on up into the star itself. So just allow yourself to gently rise up into the light of this star and to merge into the oneness with this star and to have experience in the light here.
bring your focus back into the room, back into your body. Just bring your joy and your loving present now. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. two beings that are coming in right now, two souls, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Quan Yin are coming in. And they come in to represent the feminine aspect of creation, and they want to talk a little bit about that. So we're going to begin reading a little bit in the Bible just to get down to a place where the energy opens up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light and the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And from there on, it goes on talking about the different aspects of creation down to man himself. Then when it gets down into talking about man, it gets down to talking about the creation of woman and how woman came into being and the reasons why woman came into being. This is the account of, of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up. The Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth, and the watered the whole surface of the ground. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils, and the breath of life, and the man became a living being. In the Bible, it talks about two different types of creation. It talks about creation in the spirit and the creation of the physical worlds. And at one point, it talks about being created in the likeness of God, male and female. And it talks about the male and the female aspects in spirit. And then later, it talks about the creation of the body in this creation of the negative or the physical realm and the male and the female creation of the body down at this level. But it first talks about the creation of the male and the female aspect in spirit. And so that's where I'm going to be talking tonight. I'm not talking about the male-female creation at this level. Is that understandable? Anybody have a question? because I don't want to leave anybody behind here. So in the realms of spirit, when God began to create, he began to create from himself. And he began to create from his perfection a perfect creation. And so the realms of spirit are a perfect creation of God. There is nothing imperfect in God's creation in the realms of spirit. It is all perfect and 
in alignment with God's flowing love. And everything that exists in that spiritual realm is an action and a movement of God's loving. Everything. And in that creation, as he began to create, he sent forth aspects of himself out in order for himself to know himself more fully in all of his creation in the spiritual realms. And as he did, he sent forth perfect images or perfect manifestations of himself out. And then he realized that in that process, he also wanted to send forth something from himself out that could look back on him and love him from afar, if you will, from across the spiritual universe that would look back upon him from afar. Since he was of the positive polarity, if you will, of spirit, since he was more of the positive polarity of spirit, in order to create an opposite that could be away from him and look back on him, he needed to create a different polarity, which was the negative polarity. Up until then, everything he had sent out of himself was of a positive polarity. And even though he could love it all through those aspects of himself, those aspects could not turn around and love God back in the way that God knew the flow of love could be. And so by sending forth a different aspect of himself, which is more of the negative polarity, not negative in the sense of evil or wrong, but negative in the sense of polarity, the other side of himself, if you will. Just as you have a magnet and you have a north and south pole, a positive and negative pole, in the divine creation, you have a polarity. And this aspect, it was the feminine aspect that he sent forth to be aware of himself. And so you have in spirit the divine attributes of God in positive and negative polarity, the feminine and the masculine polarity. And they serve each other very well in the fullness with each other. When the polarities are one, united in oneness, then God knows self more fully. It's when they are separate and living in separation that they know themselves more fully by being aware of each other then. Am I making sense? It's when we get caught up either in one polarity or another, either at this level or in any level of creation, that we lose sight of the flow of love that can take place between the positive and the negative polarities. And it's where you stand is how you're going to perceive the flow of loving. And it's really in that place of neutrality between the positive and the negative polarity flow that you will find the fullness of the flowing love. It isn't being caught up in the feminine or the masculine polarity, the positive or the negative. It's being in the neutral, in the place of neutrality where you see the fullness of loving and the movement of loving between the polarities, through the polarities, creating the wholeness. 
so as Mary and Kuan Yin come forward, they come forward, one, to present the divine aspect of the feminine, that there is a divine aspect of that feminine creation that does hold itself before each one of us, not just before those that are in a feminine body, but before each of us, to acknowledge that feminine side of ourselves, that feminine polarity, that negative polarity inside of us. And again, it's not negative in the sense of wrong, it's negative in the polarity of energies. And that if we want to stand whole and complete in ourselves, it's to acknowledge both polarities, both the positive and the negative, the masculine and the feminine. Now in pure spirit, it isn't really seen so much as positive and negative masculine and feminine as just different aspects of the creative flow of loving. I send forth my loving unto this other aspect of myself. That other aspect of myself receives the loving and sends forth its loving to this aspect, me. And I send my love back. And the loving continues to flow back and forth in harmony and in oneness. It's down here when we move into not just polarity, but in the world of duality that we get confused on this whole subject of masculine and feminine. It's in the negative realms that we have what is called dualities. In spirit is all one. And in order to really be in the realms of spirit in oneness, it is to acknowledge and to live in both the masculine and the feminine, the positive and the negative together in that oneness. So let's look at the feminine side a little bit because that's what's coming forward tonight. And let's begin to look and see what does this feminine nature in spirit, not so much in the world right now, but in spirit have to offer us. One, the feminine spirit was created, that feminine aspect was created to be the receiver of loving from God and to share the loving back unto God. And so that feminine side of our spirit is that part of us that can receive from God that which God wishes to give us, which is his loving. And it is that feminine side that is often the side that makes itself most vulnerable. The feminine side is the side that opens up and becomes vulnerable on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. But right now I'm talking mainly in the spirit. So it's learning to be as that feminine side would be vulnerable to the love of God. To open up and just be vulnerable to it. And the way that that feminine side comes forward, as I see both Mary and Kuan Yin standing here, is it comes forward with the acknowledgement that who you are right now is just 
who you are right now. And that is just fine in God's eyes. It's perfect in God's eyes. And all you have to do is be vulnerable in the moment of who you are right now and open up in that vulnerability to allow God's love in. A lot of times we believe that we have to do something in order to allow God to love us. We have to be worthy. We have to be forgiven. We have to change our ways. And yet, in truth, who we are right now is the perfect being that God created. And what we are experiencing right now is what God wants us to be in experience in order for God to know himself more fully. Another way to put that is this. The first law of spirit is acceptance. To move into that place of acceptance then is your first priority. To accept yourself just as you are right now. And in the accepting of who you are right now, be totally vulnerable to spirit right now into God's love right now and when Mary and Kuan Yin come forward or when you see an image or a statue of Mary or Kuan Yin look at them and realize that you are seeing images of vulnerability they made themselves totally vulnerable to God when Mary had a presentation given to her by Gabriel who said God wishes you to be the mother of his son in the world. He didn't demand it of her. He offered it to her. He didn't say you are going to be no matter what. He offered it to her and she could have said no. She could have walked away from it. As a matter of fact Around that time, there were five opportunities for the child that became Jesus in Israel to be born in the world. One was in Egypt, one was in Persia, one was in Greece, one was in Israel, and one was in northern India. There were five different places where this child could have been born and could have presented the wisdom that came forward through Jesus. And in the spiritual communities of that day, there were people all over the world waiting for the one to come. In the Jewish religion, they were waiting for the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Savior. And in other cultures, they were waiting for Betraya, or for the Iman Mahdi, or for whoever they were waiting for. And in many ways, they had prepared places for the child energetically, if not physically, by their holding and waiting for this one to come. Those that were aligned in spirit and vulnerable in spirit 
were aware that a great being was yet to come into the planet and the time was right for that. And in many places they were preparing for that. Now, the way it comes forward right now is that if Mary had said no and said, no way, I don't want to do this, more than likely the energy would have moved to yet to another country and Jesus would have been born in Egypt or in India or somewhere else. Now, these birthplaces are all sites of mystical schools, schools of mystery where sacred teachings were being taught on light and sound and on an inner pathway back into the heart of God. And so wherever this soul that became Jesus would have been born, the teachings would have been similar, maybe not the same. And the incidences would have been similar, but not the same. He might have been boiled in oil rather than crucified and today above the altar we would have a big pot with Jesus in it rather than him on a cross because in northern India what they did with some saints that they found fault with or blame with or couldn't understand and wanted to do away with is they would boil them in oil or they would burn them at the stake so we might have had another symbol above the altar rather than a cross. In other places, they would behead them. So these five places are each places of mystery schools, mystical teaching pathways of the light and sound path of initiation. Gabriel came to Mary and made an offer unto Mary. Did not make a command, but an offer. And she could have refused, but she accepted. She became vulnerable to God and said, whatever God wants of me, I'll do. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And the story pretty much lays itself out in the Bible thereafter. It's that kind of vulnerability that I'm talking about being so vulnerable to God that you're willing to do whatever it takes to walk whatever path you have to walk to allow God to do in you and through you and for you rather than you and your little condition saying but no I wanted it this way and that's what we often do we say God I'm open for the highest good bring to me whatever is for my highest good and then your highest good comes forward and you go, no, God, not this. This isn't for my highest good. And God's going, but you made yourself vulnerable to me and said for your highest good, and this is for your highest good. And you're going, no, it's not. My highest good is that house over there and that person over there and that job over there and this money bank over here. That's my highest good, God. Don't you know that? <laughs> but Mary did something different. She made herself totally vulnerable to God and just said whatever you want now if she had not done that 
she and Joseph would have gotten married. They would have lived in Nazareth. They would have had children. He would have been a carpenter. His children and her children would have grown up. They would have taken care of her after Joseph's death. And she would have died, and the children would have gone on, and they would have had children, and the family lineage would have continued. And it would have been just another normal process of life in the world at this level. But instead, Mary said, yes, Lord, whatever you want, I'm here. Well, not too long after that, Mary was persecuted in many ways because here she was pregnant and not wed. Now, in the Jewish days, back then, matrimony was very different than it is today. You didn't just announce your engagement and six months later you got married and then you were married. There was a whole process, a whole ritual around marriage that is very different from today. There was an announcement and there was a betrothal and there was a time where you were married but yet did not have sex. And then where marriage was consummated with sex, with intercourse, and you two were then fully betrothed in marriage and lived together fully as a married couple. Mary and Joseph at that time were in the betrothal process they were already, in a sense, married, but not to the point where they were in a sexual relationship yet, when Mary became pregnant. And that's where the challenge began for her, is how the community perceived her and this marriage between her and Joseph. So at that beginning stage, she had to make herself very vulnerable to God and just say, God, whatever you want, I'm going to trust in you. And it all worked out just fine. The community accepted it and even took in her child once it was born. But then right after the child was born, they were off to Egypt. They didn't go back to Nazareth. They fled to Egypt and lived in Egypt for a number of years. And if you look at her life through the eyes of of the Bible and its teaching about the life of Jesus, her life was not what you would call the life of a normal wife and mother. It was much more so than that. And she accepted it in total loving and vulnerability and did whatever she needed to do to be the mother of this child that God was bringing into the world to share a teaching into the world about the Christ. That's the kind of vulnerability that we're talking about. And it really is that kind of vulnerability that is in this statement, actually. I'm glad we went back and found the page number. Because listen to the vulnerability in this statement. The light is wonderful. You're wonderful, too, because you have the wit to look at an area and say, this causes me trouble. It takes courage to walk away from the familiar thing that is not working for you into the unfamiliar thing wherein 
you may find eternal happiness. Now, when I read that and I hear that, I also hear vulnerability to spirit. Being vulnerable to spirit in such a way that you're willing to step forward into the unknown and give up the known. And trust that in that vulnerable moment of giving up into the unknown, that you are going to have that greater glory, that greater good, that eternal happiness that God wants for you as you make yourself vulnerable to God. And that's the feminine aspect of yourself. That feminine part of you is that part that can make itself vulnerable to God's love. And open and receive of that and share in that and take it in. Now, it is also the feminine side that is a very creative side. After all, it is the feminine side in the world that takes the creative seed and then takes that seed and creates a new life with it. The feminine aspect in spirit does much the same thing. It takes the creative seed from God called love and it creates out of that love a loving action in spirit that can filter down into your physical life. But the first loving action at that level of spirit is to share the loving back to God. That was the original intention, is that that aspect would share its loving back unto the Creator, unto God the Father, and that that creative flow would begin. But to do that, the feminine size has to be totally vulnerable to receiving that creative loving and taking that creative loving and sharing it back in its own way. You don't want to just give it back as it came in, but rather put your own loving into it and give it back to God so that it's more abundant than what was given to you. There's more love to it, your love added to God's love. And then therefore, God then adds to that and then you get a greater abundance coming back into you. And the more you do that in this flow of giving and receiving, the more and more you have. And in total vulnerability is total protection. And it's in that feminine side where you open up into total vulnerability that you have total protection. And the total protection is in the total loving that comes in the movement as you make yourself totally vulnerable. So that's what the feminine aspect in creation at those levels of spirit are all, not all about, but are about in some ways. There's much more to that than that. If you look at Kuan Yin, Kuan Yin is considered the feminine aspect that has never manifested in the world. She's never been born in the flesh. She's never had a physical body. She's always served in spirit. So where Mary has had a physical body and lived in the world, and now she's had several physical bodies and lived in the world, Kuan Yin has always resided in the spirit. 
And in the spirit, she holds forward certain blessings that she as a feminine nature and spirit holds. And those blessings have to do with wisdom, with healing, with creativity, with joy, with forgiveness and compassion and mercy. And she stands forward representing those aspects of the feminine side in spirit that we each have access to. But it's up to us to open up into that and to acknowledge that and to allow it to really begin to move in and through us. But you're not going to find it in the feminine aspect of the physical body or the physical nature. You're going to find it in the spiritual aspect, not in the, in the physical. And in order to do that then, it's to connect with the spirit of who you are. To begin to connect to that divine spirit, however you're going to do that whether it be through meditation and prayer or study or service. It's up to you to find an action that will awaken you into the spirit where you can begin to know the spirit of who you are, begin to see both the positive and the negative polarities, the masculine and the feminine, and begin to understand them and to merge them and to live them and to love them and to express them fully. You're not going to find it in this level. And that's why I'm not talking about the feminine or the masculine aspects at this level right now. Because it really has nothing to do with this level. But a lot of people look to find it here, in this body, in this sexuality, in the sex of this body. And it isn't here. This is but a reflection of the greater. In spirit, it's all one. And until you get there, those are a lot of words. But when you get into spirit and you begin to really truly experience the oneness and that you are a part of that oneness, that then you'll understand what I'm talking about and not until you've experienced it. There's no way I can share with you what that oneness feels like, looks like, acts like, does like. There's just no words on it. It's called the isness, the nowness, the eternal moment. It's called so many things, and those don't describe it because it isn't a word. It isn't a definition. It's beyond even experience, really. It's a knowingness of all knowing. Because at that moment, you know who you are in the spirit of who you are. And you know the spirit of God in the spirit of who you are. And in that moment where you're there, you see the masculine and the feminine. And you see that perfect marriage that is in spirit 
where the two become one, where the masculine and the feminine polarity in spirit become one. They become the divine aspect that you are. It's called the spiritual marriage, where the two become one. And it's out of the marriage of those two polarities that the Christ is born. The Christ is you, that divine eternal spirit that is you. It's when those two come together in one, inside of you, in the spirit of you, and the Christ is given birth out of that, that you then begin to truly manifest the truth, the loving, the grace, the compassion, the vulnerability, all that is the spirit that you are. And to try to find it in the physical body or in the dualities of this level, you will be forever walking around looking to find it and won't find it. From the realm of soul up, it's one. From the realm of soul down into the negative creation, in the world of the physical creation, it is a world of duality, polarity. In the Bible, God told Adam and Eve, do not go and eat of that tree of knowledge. Do not eat of that tree of good and evil, of the positive and negative polarities. Eat of all the other of my creation in the realms of spirit, but don't eat of that one. Because that leads you into the world of duality, positive and negative, good and evil, into the realms of knowledge rather than knowing. And you will lose sight of who I am and you'll lose sight of what you are in me because you'll split and go into duality and you'll lose sight of yourself. So don't eat of that tree. But when we entered into this world of duality, we lost sight of our oneness. And we keep looking in this duality for our oneness. And it's not here. It's not in this masculine body. It's not in the feminine body. It's not in the body. And it's not in the aspects of the masculine or the feminine. It's not in the realm of this physical negative creation. It's not in the duality. It's not in these polarities. So if you're looking for it here, if you're looking for that perfection here, give it up because it's not here. What I'd invite you to do is to begin to look to the spirit of who you are. do that is to find that loving inside of you however you're going to do that and move into the loving and live in that loving moment and you'll live it for a moment and then you won't if you're like me you'll find that moment of loving and you'll be in it and then somebody will come up or something will come up inside of you and take you right out of it and all you have to do is choose back into the loving the moment you become aware that you're not in the loving moment, choose back into it. That's all you have to do. It's just that easy. And it's just that hard. Because you have to make a choice. And in that choice, you have to give up one thing and go into another. 
You have to give up that which is familiar, which is comfortable, which you know how to do, and go into the unknown and do that instead to find that greater truth, that eternal joy. And so you literally are always having to give up the old ways, the old patterns, the old you, and keep choosing into the unknown, which is where you're going to find the knowing. And the way you choose it is by choosing into the loving moment. Just choose into the loving. And forgiveness is one way to choose into it. Forgive whatever is separating you from the loving. Just forgive it and move into it. Or forgive them and move back into the loving. But usually it's just forgiving myself. Until I forgive myself, I can forgive you all I want. But until I forgive myself, I'm still not going to move into the loving that I really want to be in. Is what I found. So, in order to be in this place I'm talking about, where you can really truly know this feminine side of creation in the realms of spirit, it means then that you have to be in the realms of spirit to know that. And guess what? You already are in the realms of spirit. But a lot of you are asleep to that. You don't know that you are. You think you are. You hear you are. You've read it you are. But do you really know it you are? That's what I'm asking you. Do you know the spirit of who you are? Do you know that you are spirit? Can you get up and walk out of this room and know that you're not this physical body, but that you're a spirit in this physical body. And that if you were to drop this body as you walk out of this room, a car hit you and you left the body behind, would that be okay with you? And would you know who would be left? Or would you be so concerned that that body is you and it's now dead and you have nothing else to go on that you would go into total disturbance just thinking about that? It's nice to know who you really are. It's nice to know what is really happening in your life. And that means to know yourself fully, to know the spirit, not the body, not the emotions and the mind only, because those are just aspects. They are not you. They are tools that the soul is using to have experience through and in. But they are not you. And what I'm inviting you to do is to begin to be vulnerable to God's loving. To find that place of the feminine vulnerable side in you. And trust in God. Just as Mary trusted. I mean, what would you do if you'd lived a normal life and at the age of 16, 17 years old, an angel happened to appear to you while you were filling your water buckets with water. Well, it wasn't a bucket. It was a, a, a ceramic pot, a clay pot. I'm being corrected. It wasn't a bucket. <laughs> she doesn't want an image of somebody hold, her holding buckets. It wasn't buckets. <laughs> and all of a sudden, 
an angel appears before you at this well and says to you, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. One, what would you think of that? I mean, just an angel appearing before you, let alone an angel praising you. Yeah, good water. (laughs) That was a good year. (laughs) And then the, the angel goes on not only praising you and saying that the Lord is with you, but letting you know that God wishes to use you as an instrument in the world to bring forward a child that will be an instrument in the world of teaching. Would you make yourself vulnerable to that in this moment? Are you prepared to be that vulnerable to an event like that? Because every day an event like that happens in your life. Every day there is an angel knocking at the door. There's an angel standing at the gate. There's an angel standing before you saying, Hail to you. The Lord is with you. And in you is a Christ child. And God wishes to make you pregnant with this child that you might give birth to this Christ that you are that you might give birth in the spirit and be born in you the Christ that you are will you do that will you make yourself vulnerable to God in such a way as to be pregnant with this child and give birth to this child and nurture it and love it and assist it in its growth and learn from it as it teaches you? Will you do that? Every day there's an angel that is inviting you to do just that. Mary heard it, saw it, and said, yes. I make myself vulnerable, what do I do? And she became pregnant with the Christ child, and she gave birth to the Christ child, And she raised the child and taught the child. And then she learned from the child. And that's what it's up to us to do as well. As I told you last week, the Bible is not just literal. There are literal things to see and to take in. But there's also an allegory, a story underneath the literal story to look at. And each of us here in that feminine aspect in spirit is a Mary and is a Kuan Yin. And it's up to us to make ourselves vulnerable to God and say, yes, I will be pregnant with this child and I will give birth to the Christ that I am. How do I go about doing it? What do I need to do? And then listen to what comes forward. And it might just say, be still and know that I am. That's what God's always said to everybody that's ever looked up and said, what do I do? Be still and know that I am. And that's all that we have to do is be still 
and know that I am. Know that I am God. Know that I am the Christ. Know that I am the Lord. Know that right now. And it's to be vulnerable to that by being still and knowing that I am the Lord. And in that knowing, you will then allow yourself to be more vulnerable to God by being still. And being still is in is many different ways to many different people. And it might be just the Quaker way of sitting in a group quietly, just being in the quiet, being still, and letting God come present however he's going to come present in that action. And it may be being still, sitting down, and reading a book that inspires you, that lifts you, that brings you present into the loving. Not a book of mystery or history, but a book that is of inspiration. Or it might be through an action of service. I found myself in some of the greatest places of stillness when I'm serving another because I'm not caught up in myself. And if you're not caught up in yourself in the moment, there's a moment of stillness in there in that action of giving to another person that is absolutely impossible to explain, but it's something that you always want to go back and get more of. And yet, you'll never be able to tell people what, why you do this. Why do you do this? People would go up to Mother Teresa and say, why in the world are you down here with these dying people in the slums and in the gutters among the worst and the poor and the dirtiest? Why are you here? And she said, it's because here is where I find God's loving the most. It's here that I find the stillness where I know God to be. Very few people got that because very few people got down there with her to experience that stillness, to experience that loving. But those that did got up and went on into the world and did their lives, but they got up and did their lives differently than they did it before because when they got up, they got up with the stillness and with the loving and they took it with them. And they know how to maintain it and bring it forward and to live it. And when they lose it, they go back into some action that helps them to regain it. And then the other way is through meditation, of going inside, of closing your eyes and being still. Being still physically, emotionally, mentally, and allowing then in that stillness for God to come present in your consciousness, in your awareness. And in that moment of stillness where God comes present, it's all revealed to you who you truly are in God, the Christ that you are. So it's making yourself vulnerable that you can be impregnated, if you will, at this level in your consciousness. And that vulnerability is be still 
that that seed that is the Christ in spirit can come forward and begin to manifest itself in all the levels of your being. That it can impregnate itself into all the levels of your being and begin to become the child on all the levels. That the Christ can begin to express itself through the physical, through the emotional, through the mental, to where the Christ in you is the Christ that is you on all those levels. And that's what the whole idea of the Annunciation, where Gabriel came and announced to Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Where is the womb? Not physical, if I'm not talking about the physical woman right now. Where is your womb? Each of us has one. Whether we're male or female at this level, we each have a womb. It's that place that is waiting to give birth from. It's that place where God can come present. It's the soul. It's where the Christ already is in you. And all you have to do is to allow the Christ to begin to grow in you throughout all the levels of your being and to manifest itself. But to do that, you have to give up some of the things that no longer serve you, the Christ. They may have served you, the physical being, you, the emotional being, you, the mental being, but they may not serve the Christ. And so those are the things that you may have to give up in order for this greater manifestation to come forward. Does that make sense? So, I invite you to begin looking at this feminine aspect of the spirit of who you are, where that place of vulnerability really does reside in you. And make yourself vulnerable to the loving spirit that you are. That divine aspect, the spark of God that resides in your very being right now at the seat of the soul. And allow that to begin to awaken in you. But to do that, it's to be still and know that I am. Know I am. Not have knowledge of it, but know it. Be in the knowing, the experience of God. It's meditation, it's study, it's service. And meditation is by far the greatest. Because in true meditation, you can become conscious in all the levels and begin to have conscious experience of who you are in spirit and travel in spirit in the body of your soul into the realms of spirit and see and know all that I'm talking about and much, much more. And I know that to be true. And there are others that know that to be true. That is a truth. And that is a promise that God has given us from the beginning and to the end of the creation of this physical realm, we have the opportunity to go inside, to be still and know that I am. And in knowing that I am, we can travel in the soul body 
into the realms of soul, into the realms of spirit, and back into the heart of God, and know I am fully. Know who I am. It says to be born again in spirit. This is the birth in spirit. To sit down, to go into this womb, and to be born again, the Christ that you are, and come out of that womb, the Christ. And first you come out the Christ child. And you look up to your parents, the Father, Mother, God, and say, okay, how do I walk? How do I talk? What do I do as this Christ child? And you learn and you grow as the Christ that you are. And you grow through the realms of soul, and you grow into the realms of spirit, and you grow up into the very heart of God. Just as here, you come out of the womb, and you look up to your parents and go, I want my food. I want my diapers changed. I want the keys to the car. <laughs> we grow up at this level. In spirit, we have a growing process, if you will, as well. Even though in spirit, we are perfect and whole and complete just now, we must awaken into that, just as we had to awaken into this consciousness. And the awakening here, we awoke as a child, and we grew up as a child, and until we became the adult that we are. But there's still that child in us. In spirit, we awaken as the child Christ but we grow into the Christed being that we are. And you can travel consciously into all these realms. And Jesus laid it all out very well through his life, and he even laid out the signpost for us of that walk in spirit back into the heart of God. And even though he walked a physical life and he showed us a physical existence, that physical existence really was to be made vertical and to show us the spiritual pathway, the spiritual roadway back home. And all the signposts of his life are really found in spirit. The conception, his birth, the gifts, the fleeing into Egypt, all these things are signposts on the way back to the heart of God that you will experience inwardly as you awaken the soul and begin to travel in the soul body through the soul realms into the realms of spirit and back into the heart of God. So I invite you this summer to do two things. One, to begin making yourself vulnerable to God in every given moment. To make yourself vulnerable. Open up and just say, Lord, I'm here, and I invite you in. And as I open and invite you in, I open to receive your loving, and I open to share my loving with you. And share your loving with God in that moment of vulnerability. And that may be through prayer, that may be through meditation, that may be through whatever action you do it in. And then two... I invite you to begin to be still and know that I am God. Make that your focus of your meditation or 
that focus of your time of stillness. Just be still and know that I am God. If you do that and nothing more than those two things this summer and do it every day and every day give it a few minutes at least say let's say 15 minutes a day where you make yourself vulnerable to God's loving and share your loving with God and in that moment of vulnerability which is 15 minutes also be still and know that I am God do that every day through the summer and then come back here and tell me you're the same person that you are today and I doubt seriously you really will because if you do that and truly make yourself vulnerable and be still and know God because I'll tell you what if you truly make yourself vulnerable and be still God will make himself known just as he made himself known to all the other people throughout all of time that have done this he will make it to you as well they are not a part of history that is lost those saints and sages of old their lineage and their heritage and their process and their practice didn't stop 200, 500 years ago it continues today and there are saints and sages walking this earth today that are doing just what Jesus did, just what Moses did, just what Elijah did, just what Ezekiel did, just what Krishna did, just what Rumi did, just what all the saints and sages of old have done. They are doing it today. And you can do it today as well. And maybe some of you are doing it today already so do that this summer and let that be your homework if you will and even keep a journal every day keep a journal of what your experience is and each day that page may just say stillness or quiet or it may say great inner turmoil in my stillness was great inner turmoil. Well, that's fine. But then be still in the turmoil. And let the turmoil stir around the stillness. That's vulnerability. Learn to be in the center of it all. In neutrality. Be vulnerable. Neutral. And just watch the storm go around you. But be in the stillness. And in that stillness, as you move into that and choose into that, is where you're going to find God. And you'll learn to live in that even as the storm rages around you. From Kuan Yin, I just want to share one thing. And that's a meditation. So let's just close our eyes for a moment. It's something of a blessing. So hold your focus to the center of your forehead, the third eye, the seat of the soul. Just keep bringing your attention back to that seat of the soul. 
be in the quiet, be in the loving that is present there. And as you're seated there, just open up and make yourself more vulnerable to God's love. However you can do that just now, even if it just say those words, I make myself vulnerable to God's loving. I open to receive the loving of God. You may not feel it, you may not know it, but just say it. And just allow yourself now to receive God's loving. And let the blessing that is coming forward just now through this opening, this vulnerability to receive. Let the blessing come forward. The blessing that is the divine loving. The blessing that is you the divine loving. For you are the divine loving that is God in action. Allow yourself to open and to receive and to acknowledge yourself as the divine living loving essence of the Lord. This is who you are. This is who you ever will be. So become this, live this, know this, and let all the other things that are not of this just drop away and choose to be the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. And let the divine spirit that is that loving essence guide you on your path, awakening you each day to the greater knowing of this aspect of God in you. And let this divine spirit assist you in letting go of all those things that no longer serve you or that blind you from knowing that you are this loving essence of God. And just now open to receive the blessing that is coming forward from the very heart of God into your very spiritual heart of the third eye center. And as you so receive, just share that blessing back to God however you wish to do it now. And in this flow of loving comes forward these gifts. The gifts of acceptance, of joy, of peace, of grace, of abundance, of prosperity, of health, of wealth, 
and of loving. And in the midst of all this, Kuan Yin places in your consciousness the pearl of great price. That pearl of great price is the knowing in the fullness of yourself that you are the spirit of the divine and the divine is the spirit of you. And there is no greater thing in the world than knowing who you truly are in God. And this blessing is placed here that you might awaken unto it. So go forward and search out the pearl of great price by being still and knowing that I am the Lord, thy God. And allow yourself each day to experience the knowing of God. And then get up in that day and go forward and live the loving of God as you can. Letting go of all those things that are not of this loving aspect. And choosing greater and greater into the loving. Until you become that living love on all levels. This is the blessing that Kuan Yin sends forth. The blessing of knowing. As a Bodhisattva, she has remained in the realms of the unknowing to awaken all that wish to know that they might know and return back into the realms of spirit from which they came. And she has chosen to stay in these realms of the unknowing until that day when the last one returns and then she will return home as well unless she says God calls her home early but that's no concern to her she's just here to serve she wishes to awaken the unknown into the greater knowing the knowing of the pearl of great price So she invites each of you to begin to walk that path of knowing by being still and knowing that I am. begin to focus into that loving place inside. And with each breath as you take it in, just feel yourself going into a greater place of loving. And as you breathe out, just let go of all those things that are not in harmony with the love.
just feel yourself with each breath going into a greater, deeper place inside. A place of loving, a place of harmony, a place of peace and quiet. And on the next breath in, see pure white light coming in on that breath. And just see it move throughout your body. And as you breathe out, breathe out all that is not in harmony with the light. And then just breathe in pure white light once again. And let it move throughout your body once again. Into your limbs, your torso, your neck, your head, throughout the whole body. Just breathe out that pure white light and anything else that might not be in harmony with that light. And on the next breath in, see white light and gold light coming in on the breath. Pure white light with gold mixed in. Breathe that in and let it move throughout your body, bringing blessings and enlightenment to every part of your body. And then just breathe that gold and white light out. For a moment, just breathe in this golden white light. Breathe in and out this light. Divine Creator of us all, we come forward just now, opening ourselves and making ourselves available to the greater blessings that already are. We open to receive your enlightenment, your loving, your caring and sharing, and all that you wish to offer us. We make ourselves vulnerable to your light, to your sound, and to your love. And through this action, we just ask that we be lifted up into the Christ, the Holy Spirit, and awaken the divine presence within us, that we might become conscious of who we truly are in spirit, we might become conscious of you and us, and us and you. As we come together in oneness, we just invite you into this oneness. Be present with us, to share with us, to enliven us and enrich us in whatever manner you wish this evening. We invite you as well to go forward into our daily life and to share with us to be present with us throughout our daily walk. We ask as well that on this daily walk that your grace go before us and assist us in this walk back into your loving heart. We ask as well that any and all negativity imbalances and karma that can be lifted be lifted up through this grace action and dispersed back into the nothingness from which it came for the highest good of all concerned. And we just ask for a special blessing a blessing upon this earth, upon the people of this earth, and upon all of your creation. And for this we do give thanks. See a path in front of you. And just begin to walk this pathway. You may see it, you may feel it, you may experience it through the knowing. But just begin to walk this pathway that's in front of you. And as you do, 
begin to look around and take note of your surroundings. Take note of what the path is made of. And remember that you are a creator. With your creation ability, create what you want here. So bring forward the beauty and the light, the peace and the harmony that you want to envision. And just look around and take note of all that is present here. And if something seems to be out of place or not in your liking, then let yourself create what it is you want there. Through change you can experience a new format, a new formation of life. And at this level as well you can bring about change of your creation to create more of what you want. So look around as you walk this pathway and stay on the pathway and take note of all that is around, the trees, the shrubs, any bushes, the grasses. Look and see if there are flowers growing and blooming. Begin to be aware more and more of the color. Look at the sky and see what the sky looks like. Is there water nearby? Be aware of the sounds that are present. You might hear birds singing their songs. You might hear water running nearby. And just feel the breeze as it gently brushes up against your cheek. as you walk along this pathway, you see off to the right a golden pool of liquid in a pool. Just make your way over to the edge. And as you do, you notice that on each side of the pool are seven columns. As you make your way up to the edge of the pool, Someone comes up to greet you and they ask you to begin to take off all of your clothing and your jewelry and they light a fire nearby and they ask you as you take off your clothes and your jewels to place them in this fire take everything off including shoes, sandals, whatever and place all of this in the fire and just let them be consumed there and when you're done you begin to step down the steps into this golden liquid in this pool one by one you make your way down the liquid is very warm and soothing and comfortable 
and you make your way all the way into the pool and the liquid is up to your chin you feel very safe it's very comforting to be in this golden liquid just make your way up to the first set of columns and as you do the columns begin to glow a brilliant red and everything around you in the environment takes on this red color the golden liquid now is a brilliant red the air the sky everything is red in color just breathe in this red light this red color and let it move throughout your body bringing strength and ability into every part of your body and to every part of your consciousness it's a life energy it's an empowerment just feel every part of yourself being empowered and enlivened now step forward and as you do the next set of columns begin to glow a brilliant orange and everything around you begins to take on this orange color look at the sky the air around you all the trees and this golden liquid is now a brilliant orange just breathe in this orange light and let this orange light fill every part of your body and your consciousness and as it fills you you are filled with self-esteem and self-respect you feel more centered more aligned with your true self you know more who you truly are as you breathe in this orange light now you step forward to the next set of columns and as you do they begin to glow a bright yellow and everything around begins to take on their color the sky the air everything is yellow in color very brilliant very bright yellow just breathe in this yellow light and as you do everything inside of you and around you and your consciousness becomes awake and alert and attentive you feel the mind in you becoming more aligned with the spirit of you feel the knowledge becoming knowing and the knowing becoming wisdom just breathe in that yellow light and then step forward to the next set of columns bring yourself into alignment with them and as you do they begin to glow a bright green a beautiful clear green color and 
This light fills the air around you. It glistens on this golden pool. And the pool takes on a brilliant green cast. Just breathe in this green healing light. And let this healing light move into every part of your body and your consciousness, bringing health and balance and wholeness into every part of you. Let this green light do what it wishes to do. Let it heal and make you whole. Now step forward, and as you do, come up to the next set of columns. They begin to take on a bright blue color. And everything, the sky, the air, the environment around you is all blue, as well as the golden pool now is a brilliant blue color. Just take in this blue light. Breathe it in and let it fill you fully. Let every cell and every atom of your body and your consciousness be filled with this blue light, bringing peace and harmony into every part of you. Let it be the peace that passes all understanding. And let understanding be the foundation upon which you walk. This blue light brings that understanding to you. Just breathe it in and let it be the foundation upon which now you stand. And then step forward to the next set of columns. And as you do, they begin to glow a brilliant purple and everything around you is a bright purple color. Look around and see the sky, the air, everything is purple. It's beautiful. Just enjoy its beauty for a moment. And then breathe in this purple light. And let the consciousness of transformation move into every part of your body every cell and every atom and into your whole consciousness and let it transform you into the spirit that you truly are let this transformation be fully wholly complete inside and outside around you your whole aura your whole consciousness is being transformed into the greater spirit that you are. And this purple, brilliant light both awakens you inside and leads you into greater knowing and greater awareness in yourself. And now step forward to the next set of columns. And as you do, they begin to take on a brilliant white light. Everything around you is brilliant and white. 
It all just becomes white. There's no shape, there's no form. It's just this white light. And intermixed in this white light are flecks of gold. It's just moving around all around you, this white and gold light. Now just breathe it in, take it in, and let it move throughout your body and your consciousness. And just let this white light awaken you into the sacred spirit that you truly are. Let the divine in you begin to enliven itself in all parts of your being. And let the divine that you are begin to live through every level of your consciousness and this body. And let the Christ that you are be anchored into every level and begin to manifest itself in and through you. The creative spirit, the loving spirit, the forgiving spirit, the redeemer and the savior of you. Just let it all be anchored in you now on every level. Let the physical body, the astral body, the causal body, the mental, the etheric and soul all be filled with this white and gold light. And just see them coming into it one minute in this gold and white light. And you stand in oneness one with the universe and one with God and one with the spirit of the divine in you. And now step forward and as you do there are steps that begin to take you up out of this golden liquid. And you step up and as you do, the person that had greeted you earlier now greets you once again. And they offer you a robe or some clothing to put upon you. Put the clothing on and take note of what it's made of and what it looks like. What color is it? Any designs that are on it? They give you something to tie around your waist. Again, take note of what this is and then tie it around your waist. And they give you some sandals to put upon your feet. Take note of what they're made of and their design. And if there's anything here that you would rather have different with your own creative spirit create the sandals or the robe or the dress that you want and now they offer you a piece of jewelry it might be a ring, a bracelet, a necklace it may be a crown whatever it is that they offer you look at it Receive it in loving, and then put it upon your body where it belongs. Thank them for this experience and for their 
assistance and then continue walking the pathway that's in front of you just look around once again at the surroundings and you find upon this pathway a small building this building invites you in. It seems very friendly and inviting, so make your way inside. And as you do, you notice off to one side a table that has a book on it. Go over and open the book and be seated, and there read what is in the book for you. Begin to bring your focus back into this room, back into your body. Just feel yourself coming back here, fully conscious and awake. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Okay. There's a lot of love that's coming present. Well, it's interesting. There are three women that come forward. Mary Magdalene and Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and Kuan Yin. And they come forward to represent the feminine aspect of the Trinity, where oftentimes we look at the masculine aspect of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're bringing forward the masculine, uh, the feminine aspect of the, of the Trinity. So they're bringing forward the consciousness of the mother, the daughter, and also the Holy Spirit, but the feminine side of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's interesting because I'm having to see which one, how we're going to move this energy. Well, Kuan Yin's coming forward and she says she represents the consciousness of compassion and mercy. And she represents that which is the daughter. The daughter consciousness that is that of the Christ. And that part of the Christ consciousness that she represents has to do with compassion and mercy. But oftentimes, compassion and mercy is really misunderstood. And when we call upon God's compassion or call upon God's mercy, we often think that we are calling upon God's sympathy for God to feel sorry for us. Or we're feeling sorry for ourselves, and therefore we want compassion and mercy. But really, God's compassion is not mercy in the sense of sympathy. 
God's compassion and God's mercy comes forward through empathy. And there's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. And if we can begin to look at that in our own lives and how we often move in our daily lives and look at that part of ourselves that often is feeling sorry for ourselves or looking for sympathy from others or from God, we might begin to see how we undermine our own spiritual and physical life with this consciousness of sympathy. If we can move into a greater understanding that God works out of empathy, not sympathy. Sympathy is a sense of feeling sorry for oneself and having others feel sorry for us and for them to get into our feeling sorry and to be there with us in that rather than holding for us to move out of our sorrowful place. Empathy is holding for someone or for ourselves to move out of our sorrow and into a place other than that sorrowful place. And so God is there in empathy. He stands there in his loving, his understanding, not in sympathy, but in empathy, ever holding for us to come out of our darkness, out of our sorrowfulness, and move into a greater place of being. And God's compassion, unlike the compassion of the world, God's compassion is true caring, where the compassion of the world is often, oh, that's terrible, I feel so sorry for you, and going into a sorrowful place, God's compassion is, yes, I'm hearing you. I understand that that's your situation. And who created that? And how can you create that differently? And how can my words assist you in creating your life different than what it is right now if you don't like that? It is a caring. It's an upholding. It's ever-present. God's ever-walking side-by-side with us. And really, literally walking right with us because he's in our breath, he's in our spirit, he is our spirit. So one thing that in the process of looking at God's compassion and God's mercy is to recognize that truly you are a child of God. And that as a living child of God, you are ever in God's vision, in God's loving, in God's caring. And God is ever holding for his child the best. He's ever holding that you have the best in your life. But if you look at children, there are children in the world that often have the best opportunities and they don't take them. They walk away from them rather than walk into them. And that's how we as the children of God are. Sometimes when the greatest opportunities are right in front of us, we walk away from them rather than into them. Because they either look too easy, or they look too hard, or whatever that is that causes us to walk away. Sometimes that is unworthiness. Sometimes we feel unworthy for what God is offering us. We feel unworthy to have more than what we have right now. We have a sense of unworthiness that life could be easier than it is. Well, we're not really worthy of that. I don't deserve that. I've got to do things before I can have that in my life. And oftentimes that separates us from having the true compassion and the true mercy that God offers us. So look at your life and look at the word sympathy. Feeling sorry for yourself. Poor little me. 
How hard is it? Where does the struggle? What is, what is it that you play on yourself? And how do you play the game of sympathy? So that it works against you rather than you being able to move freely into what's next, into other opportunities, into other experiences. So look and see what that is for yourself. And begin to take note of just that. Do you feel that the world is working against you or for you? Do you feel you're going uphill and never, ever find a, a place of rest? Or is that climb a climb of experience and challenge and growth and expansion? You know, sympathy is contraction. Sympathy is ever pulling in. And it holds you in place. It's stagnant. Sympathy goes nowhere. It sits down on the floor and goes, come over here and feel sorry for me, folks. I'm crying right now. Cry with me. But empathy is expansive. It ever expands. It's ever present saying, I'm here. Come on. You know, I know the next step. You know, you're, you're not finding your way, but if you'll just take the next step, you'll see that there is a path in front of you. And empathy even offers a, an opportunity to see what direction to go in. No, 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 not, not that pathway, this pathway. It'll, it'll direct you in the sense of giving a sense of direction, giving a sense of purpose, giving a sense of motivation. But it doesn't ever do it for you. Sympathy says, do it for me. Take the next step for me. Bring to me whatever it is. Guide me, show me. But not only do that, but do it for me. Feel sorry for me. Give me some money so I don't feel broke. Make me feel loved. Make me feel forgiven. Whatever that is. Empathy says, here's how you forgive yourself. Here's how you love yourself. Here's how you make more money. Here's how you get in life what you want. It gives you the tools. Empathy gives you tools to do. So those tools are a way to expand yourself. And that's what God is offering his child and his children are tools to greater living, to greater expansion, to greater knowing of self. So look and see what are the tools that you have in your life that you choose to live from every day. What tools do you choose to use in your life? Do you use judgment? And how do you use that judgment? Do you use it wisely where you're evaluating things in your life to see, now, is this the best way to go or is that the best way to go? Is this really a good friend or are they working against me? Or do you use judgment in the sense of, I'm terrible, I'm not worthy, I can't do this, I don't know how to do this, I've never been able to do it. Everybody tells me I can't do it, so I can't do it. Is it that kind of judgment? that you're judging yourself all the time. So look and see what kind of tools you use and look at the words of those tools and look at the name of that tool that you're using and look at it through a place of wisdom. You know, we have two eyes in this world and through those two eyes we perceive the third dimensional world that we live in. And we take in a lot of information. But there's also the spiritual eye, the single eye. And if that eye be 
single and filled with light, your whole body will be flooded with light. And it's to learn to not only live through the two physical eyes that you have, but to live from the spiritual eye as well, and to really be more perceptive, perceiving, seeing from that level. To see through the eyes of the master within is to see through the spiritual eye. So begin to look at your life more from that spiritual perspective. Rise up a little bit and get a different perspective on your life and on how you're doing your life. And look and see the tools that you're using in your life from that spiritual perspective and see if it isn't working for you or not. And if it isn't, what are the tools that you might let go of that you keep using every day that don't work for you? And what tools could you pick up and begin to use in your daily life. One of the tools that you might find that might work for you more clearly is one, meditation and prayer. Those two tools are tools that will expand you, that will open you, because you're making yourself vulnerable to God. You're making yourself vulnerable to Spirit. You're making yourself vulnerable to the Christ that you are. And you're allowing the loving that is truly present in all of that to anchor itself and move through you to have greater experience in your life. And then self-study. Self-study is a way to come into the greater knowledge and ultimately into the greater knowing of who you truly are. Now that self-study could be such classes such as this, materials that have to do with understanding who you truly are physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So that could be studying nutrition and how to take care of your physical body through nutrition and exercise, diet, and so on. It could be reading materials and going to classes having to do with your emotional body and your emotional nature and how to bring that into balance as well as the mind and learning how to perceive and think and operate in the mind more clearly and to really function with control in the mind rather than the mind controlling you and then living more from the spirit that you are so studying the spirit of who you are finding materials and studying those and then using all of that into your daily life and experiment with a different tools that are given you in those studies and find what works for you and begin to work them and let go of those things that don't work. It doesn't matter if it worked for somebody else. If it doesn't work for you, don't work it. You know, if somebody comes up to you and offers you strawberries, they say, wow, these are the best strawberries in the world. I just picked them, I washed them, and they are so ripe and so fresh, you won't believe the taste. If you're allergic to strawberries, the one thing you don't want to do is eat that strawberry. Even if they offer it to you and say it's the best thing you'll ever eat in your life. Because you know it's going to make you sick. Well, a lot of times we use tools that make us sick. Because somebody else is using them and it's making them well. If it doesn't work for you, stop working those tools and find what works. That's the key here. And then the next action would be service. But the first service is to yourself. Service of meditation and prayer, 
service of self-study, and then service to others. And that service then extends out to your family, first to your mate, then to your children, then to your extended family, and then out to your friends, however that service action might unfold itself. So as we look at this feminine trinity, we also look at the feminine aspects the feminine aspects of self-study and the feminine aspects of service. And oftentimes the feminine side of the Trinity is not looked at very often. So let's go a little bit further now into this feminine Trinity. So we have Quan Yin who represents the Christ consciousness, the feminine Christ. And she comes forward as compassion and mercy and loving. And then we have Mary, who comes forward representing the mother aspect of the Creator. We have the Father, Mother, Creator. And so she comes forward as the feminine aspect of the Creator. And she holds the image of the goddess, if you will, of creation. And she holds the consciousness, ever in her consciousness, of perfection, of all of creation. That all of creation might rise to its true nature and let go of all that it is not. And then we have Mary Magdalene, who represents the Holy Spirit, the action of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the forgiver, the uplifter, that which is the one who restores us back into the spirit that we truly are. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It's the redeemer, it's the savior, it's the restorer. And so she represents the feminine aspect of that. And she says, well, do I know what that means? Because I was one who was walking the path of sympathy. I was one who was walking the path of darkness and of the world. And truly, I was lost. And when it was all brought into my awareness that I no longer had to walk the path of darkness, but I could move into the path of light, all I saw was that I had to let go of that which no longer worked for me and pick up that which did. And Jesus put it very clearly to her. Your sins are forgiven go and sin no more. Well, sin is that which separates us from God. Sin means literally to turn away from the light, to turn away from God. And so Jesus was telling her just to turn back to God and turn away from God no more. That's all that was said there. It wasn't a judgment of what you've been doing in the world is wrong. That's not what he said. He said, sin no more. Do not turn away from this light that I have given you ever again. Ever look to the light. And you will find your Redeemer, your Savior, your Restorer. And she found that through the Holy Spirit that was offered to her that day. And so this feminine aspect is a very gentle spirit. It's a very loving spirit. But so is the masculine of the Trinity. It's a very gentle and loving spirit. 
but the masculine side is one that is more focused into expression of expression in creation and the feminine side is that part that really truly wants to restore us and bring us back so where the masculine energy is more expansive and moving out the feminine side is that which is more restorative and drawing us back in and oftentimes if you look in the world it's the feminine side that holds the focus of spirit in the world who is the one in the family that is the one whoever is holding the spirit in the household it's the feminine side it's the woman in the household that often holds the spiritual nurturing consciousness of the family and she is the one who helps to restore the spirit in the individuals in that household however she might do that through her caring through her compassion through her loving through her acceptance through her forgiveness she restores and she nurtures and she feeds the spirit of the individual and of the family and that's what the feminine side of the Trinity does it does that for the family for the Christ that we are all a part of that great body that great son of God that is the Christ that we are all a part of that feminine side of the Trinity is ever holding for us to restore us back into the spirit that we are and so it's a beautiful image when you see that and when I'm getting this inside I I'm seeing again Mary as the true creator but she comes forward then and she stands before me holding the Christ child nurturing the Christ child and so it's the father mother God who nurtures the Christ who nurtures and feeds and holds the Christ to itself and loving that the child may grow and become strong unto itself and it's a beautiful image when you stop and think that you are a part of that Christ that is ever there in the arms of Mary, ever in the arms of the mother, the creator. Not Mary so much the Mary of Jesus, but that which she represents in this image, the mother aspect of God. And so just as God the Father was the creator and expanded all this, the mother is there nurturing that which has been created that it might know itself in loving as the mother creator knows all in loving so just think about that for a moment you are a Christ child in the arms of the mother God and it just holds you and nurtures you and it feeds you and it supports you so if that's true, how can we ever stand and feel as though we are alone, we are uncared for, that nobody is there for us? If we are ever in the arms of the Mother God, that Mother aspect of God, as a Christ child, how did we start feeling separate? 
How did we all of a sudden say, well, I don't have a parent. No, God doesn't care about me. I'm all alone in the world. Poor little me. It's because we, like Mary Magdalene, turned away. We looked away from the light. We looked away from our parent, our father, mother, God. And what Mary Magdalene is, is offering us to, and reminding us of is to look back. Just give up that sin. Give up looking away and look back to God. Be restored. Be redeemed. Be renewed. Repentance means to turn toward. To sin means to turn away. So sin no more. Be repented. Be repentance. Turn back to God. So, in looking at this trinity now, we have the masculine side of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we have the feminine side of the mother, the daughter, and the Holy Spirit. You put those two together, and what do you have? You have wholeness, and holiness, and sacredness, and you have yourself, and you have a body restored. And in that, then, you have the spiritual family that you are a member of. You are part of this spiritual family of father, mother, son, and daughter, and Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter whether you're in a masculine or a feminine body in this incarnation. That doesn't matter because that's just down here at this level of experience for the moment. But it has nothing to do with who you truly are. Who you truly are is a living part of the body of Christ ever in the arms of the Father, Mother, God. And you just think you have been separated because you've looked away rather than toward your Creator, your parent that is there for you. So close your eyes for just a moment and envision yourself as a child of God in the arms of the Mother. And just feel yourself being held there to her breast, being loved and nurtured. And everything that you need is right there. God's love, God's caring and compassion, God's forgiveness and acceptance. It's all right there in the arms of God that you are in. And you might just feel God moving back and forth, just kind of rocking his loving child, the Christ that you are. And now just open your eyes. And recognize that when you start feeling sorry for yourself, when you begin to move into sympathy, you are turning away from God. You are separating yourself from your divinity. You are doing it, 
Nobody else is doing it. There's nobody here in the world to blame. There's nothing to blame but you. If you are feeling sorry for yourself, if you are feeling separate from loving and caring and nurturing, then you are the one who has created that, and you as the creator can create anew what you want. And if you want more sympathy, more separation, that's fine. Create that for yourself. But if you don't want that, then stop creating that for yourself and start creating something other than separation. And the way to do that is to turn back to God. You know, again, Jesus put it very clearly to Mary Magdalene. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Turn only to God and have God is the only thing that you focus upon now. Make God first and foremost in your life. What does one of the Ten Commandments say? Have no other gods before me. Well, how many gods do we have before God? Well, money, the perfect mate, the perfect house, sex, everything is often before God. Poor little me. I have none of that. Where are you, God? <laughs> Put God first. Through your prayer and meditation, through your self-study, and through your service. Put God first. And do all things in God's name. As a matter of fact, I think that was actually read at one point tonight. Do everything in God's name. So get up in the morning in God's name. Eat breakfast in God's name. Drive your car in God's name. Do your work in God's name. Be with your family in God's name. Do everything in God's name. Have God first in all of that. And guess what? You're not going to be able to sin anymore. You're not going to be able to separate yourself from anymore from God because you're always going to be looking to God. And God is going to be right there. And God will be a participant with you. Because if you do it in God's name, God's going to go, well, then let's make this right. Let's make this good. If it's in my name, it's going to be the best name. It's going to be the best experience. And that's how you get a life that's expansive and full of God, full of loving, full of all that which you want. And that's how you come into the empathy of God. When we chant Anna Hugh, it is a way to bring empathy of God in. Not sympathy. God doesn't do sympathy. God does empathy. And the way he does it is just to ever say inside of us, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Where are you? <laughs> Where are you looking? Where are you focusing? Where are you going? You know, wake up. I'm here. I'm here. That's God's empathy. that he's ever right here, right now. But then the key in that also is, are you here and right now? Or are you back four days ago thinking about what you didn't get done yet and somehow you're going to have to get it done tomorrow because it should have been done three days ago? Or are you thinking about two weeks from now when you have to go to the dentist and, oh, my God, if he, if he has to do another root canal, I just don't know what I'm going to do and I can't stand those things, are you living out there right now? Or are you right here, right now with God? Because God is just right here, right now. 
He isn't in any other place but right now. God is present in the moment. And He can only be found right now. So any of you right now could awaken fully into God, into the knowing of God, have full enlightenment right here, right now. It's just your choice as to whether or not you're going to do it. And there's nothing separating you other than you still believe that you've got to do something to have that happen. Or that you have to wait until another time, till another right now before that's going to happen. But God's right now. And there's no reason why you can't know God right now. Except for the fact that you say, I can't. But in any given moment, it can be in a meditation, it could be in a prayer, it could be in reading a book, it could be doing a service, it could be driving your car, it could be vacuuming your carpets at home, it could be doing paperwork, it could be making out a check. It is in the ordinariness of the day, often, where we waken up to God the most. And then we find that God is ordinary and that everything is sacred in that ordinariness. And we have been looking for something special and different and unique and marvelous and awesome and wonderful. But God is ordinary. Spirit is ordinary. And so God is found in ordinariness. And so if you can just allow yourself to understand that, and to move more into ordinariness rather than specialness. You're not special. No one is special. We are all ordinary. We're all the same. We're all one. And in that oneness, we're all equal. We are a child of God. One child, the Christ. We are all that spirit. One spirit, the Christ. We are just the multifaceted parts of the one, experiencing and expressing, learning and growing, expanding and coming to the knowing of itself. So that through each of us, the Christ that we are all a part of can say, I am a child of God. And live that knowing fully. But it's very ordinary. It really is very ordinary. And you might want to begin to look and see what do you consider special and what do you consider ordinary. And how do you live your life? Do you live it from a place of trying to be special, trying to be unique, trying to be above? Or do you live it ordinary? Do you live life from a place of ordinariness? If you set yourself up above others, you're going to set yourself up above God because God is not above anything or below anything. God is all things. But the moment you separate yourself from that is the moment you have done separation. You have looked away. You have sinned. To turn away from, you have sinned. That's the only sin there is, is to turn away from God and just to keep turning away. There is no other sin. But we have 
in our imaginations created all this stuff called sin. Oh my God, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against this. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm terrible. I'm unworthy. I'm never going to make it. You know, I can't even forgive myself. How can God forgive me? Well, all you have to do is just turn back to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. And just start talking to God and sharing with God and inviting God in and putting God first and say, God, I do this in your name. You know, I do my judgment of myself in your name. God goes, well, then you're not going to do that anymore because <laughs> I don't do judgment of myself. <laughs> and you'll begin to pull away from that. It really will be that simple. But it's just an ordinariness. You don't have to do anything special. There's nothing you really have to do except just wake up to the who you are. I am that I am. I am a child of God. I am Christ. When, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he didn't say, I am Jesus, the man, the only one. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, that I am is what we are. I am is us. I am is all of creation. I am is the way, the truth, and the life. And to turn away from that is to turn away from your salvation, to turn away from your path back into the heart of God, back into the knowing of who you truly are. So when you pray to God, pray to the Trinity that is masculine and feminine, if you want, to see it in that light. And maybe begin to see yourself as a Christ child in the arms of the mother God aspect of God being nurtured and cradled and held and loved and just honored for the child that you are and begin to see yourself back in that place I think it's a beautiful image to hold yourself in somebody asked me one time what is one of the first things I can remember from my childhood and literally the well, first thing I can remember, I, I must have been, you know, very, very young, is being held in my mother's arms in the rocking chair and, and her nursing me. And I can remember just being in this rocking chair, just being rocked. And that's my first memory whenever I go back and, and think about this life. And when I see this image, it's like, that's, that's what I remember about this life of the soul, is being in the arms of the mother aspect of God and just being nurtured and fed and cuddled and rocked and loving. And that's what we all want is just to be loved that way. Now, you're not going to find that in the arms of another person. You might find it for a split second. It might feed it for a moment. But it doesn't feed it forever. But that which spirit gives us is forever. Because it never has ended and it never will end. It's ongoing. That love is ever present. 